first, there's an Atlas V launch. Um, oh, this is really cool. I didn't even notice this before. It is launching the GOES-T satellite. So GOES as in G-O-E-S-T. This is a geostationary satellite. I got to catch the launch of the GOES-R satellite in 2016. This is the satellite that tells us our weather on our weather app, on our phones, or on the weather channel. This is a very important satellite for here in the United States. And it, I also saw this launch on an Atlas V rocket uh, many years ago. So this is pretty cool that this is um, going on now. So this is going to be launching from Cape Canaveral, Florida. So you'll definitely want to go you know, down there if, you, if you'd like to catch that launch. On March 1st, currently the launch time is slated for 4.38 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But the launch window goes for two hours until 6.38 p.m. So that's going to be a pretty fun launch to catch. Then you have a SpaceX launch, Falcon 9. On March 3rd, they are launching another set of their satellites for Starlink. So Starlink 4-9. And this is also launching out of Kennedy Space Center, Florida. Then going into March 4th, you have a Russian Soyuz launch of OneWeb 14. And OneWeb 14 is it's uh, a, it's similar to Starlink, so it's going to be a constellation satellite or is a constellation satellite where there's numerous uh, numerous satellites that are communicating with each other in order to broadcast some type of connection to here on Earth. Most of the time, it's used for internet access, uh, but it also has other uses as well. This launch is going to be carrying 36 satellites into orbit for OneWeb specifically. And this is going to be through Ariane Space. So uh, it's going to launch out of Kazakhstan, though. So Kazakhstan, uh, as opposed to French Guiana, which is usually where there will be other launches that are happening from Ariane Space. Ariane Space is a French space agency. Um, really cool. I've got to work with them a couple of times for for a show of theirs that they had for called The Final Countdown, which was um, a live broadcast during um, rocket launches. And they are, they're really cool. They're, they're developing so many new rockets, but this one's going to be the Soyuz 2-2.1B rocket. Then moving into March 8th, you have another SpaceX launch. So Falcon 9, Starlink 4-10, more Starlink <laughs> satellites are launching. It's kind of wild to think about just how many of these satellites are launching total. I believe the total is going to be somewhere around 10,000 satellites is what the goal is. I think they currently have maybe uh, about 1,000, 2,000. I'll double check on that, so don't quote me. Or if you know, better yet, why don't you hit the call-in button and call in and let me know. Otherwise, if you wanted to catch this launch, March 8th, uh, right now the launch time is to be determined, but it will be launching out of Cape Canaveral, Florida. So if you wanted to do that, I'm going to backtrack to the March 3rd launch for Falcon 9. That's going to be around a 9 a.m. launch, about 9.32 is the estimated time. Now, there isn't specifically a date for this upcoming launch of Electron, the Electron rocket, uh, but it's estimated to be sometime March, maybe April. And if you haven't heard about the Electron rocket, it's, I think, probably the first rocket that's like, like the whole rocket's color is black and it looks super cool, super chic. Um, and they launch out of New Zealand. 
So this is through Rocket Lab, which is the space agency. They're going to be launching two small second-generation satellites for Black Sky's commercial fleet of Earth observation spacecraft. We chatted about this last month, if you guys tuned in for those rocket launch uh, coverage. And this, whenever we say Earth observation spacecraft, most of the time it's used for climate science or Earth science, something along the lines of some type of research. Uh, So this is partnered with Black Sky, um, which is a company that is working on Earth observation satellites. And let's see, let's move forward into... We've got a demonstration launch, uh, also to be determined, but sometime around March, so keep a lookout for that. Um, I'll include it in Space News as soon as the date pops up, but this is through ISRO, Indian Space Agency. This will be of uh, India's small satellite launch vehicle, so the launch vehicle is the rocket itself. It's called uh, SSLV for short, literally just the name is... At small satellite launch vehicle, and they're going to be conducting their first orbital test flight. So this is going to be consisting of three solid-fueled stages and then a liquid-fueled upper stage. That's really just the rocket fuel that's being used. Um, most of the time to produce the amount of thrust using solid fuel is what I tend to notice is what's used more frequently. Don't ask me for the logistics or details on it because I'm not too certain, but what I do know is that it's enough to be able to produce all the thrust to go from not moving at all, so velocity equals zero, to now moving fast enough to not only launch off the surface of Earth, but to eventually reach uh, escape velocity. Escape velocity means being able to escape the speed in which, uh, the, the speed it needs to reach in order to escape Earth's gravitational force on the rocket. So it needs to get beyond that, past that. And usually the solid rocket fuel tanks are used first because once they burn through the fuel, they then detach and fall back down to Earth. This way now the rocket is lighter in weight and now is able to move faster. It doesn't have as much drag um, acting on the rocket. So that being said, this is why most of the time this is used. So this is what India is going to be demonstrating sometime around uh, maybe about like March, possibly push to April. Then moving forward, we have, oh, I'm really excited for this one, uh, a Falcon Heavy launch. Okay, so if you don't know about Falcon Heavy, it's a heavy lift rocket. That means is its payload capabilities are very, very large. It can handle a very heavy payload as opposed to like having a big suitcase versus a smaller suitcase is the easiest way to sort of put it. This is estimated to launch sometime around, says early 2022, so... If it hasn't happened just yet, we're already moving into March. It may be happening this month sometime. If you were around during SpaceX's Falcon Heavy test launch um, or demonstration launch a few years ago, uh, you'll remember the sensation. I mean, I felt withdrawals days after it happened. Like I wanted to relive the day over. It felt better than Christmas when I was a kid. I mean, it was so exciting. Uh, just because there were so many people coming together to witness like the most powerful rocket launching to space and then launching a, a car to space. I mean, it launched the red Tesla Roadster with Starman inside, which was a mannequin wearing the SpaceX suit. Um, and it was just, it was, it was really cool. It was literally like, why not just sort of make science fiction a reality, demonstrate that our rocket works. And now it's going to be having hopefully a mission soon for, Get this drum roll, please. 
the U.S. Space Force. So, so take, take it as you will. Uh, we don't exactly know um, when the launch is going to be, but I think this will be quite interesting. It will, when it does go off, will be coming out of Kennedy Space Center in Florida. It's going to be launching the USS F-44 mission for the U.S. Space Force. Uh, the mission is expected to deploy two spacecraft payloads directly into geosynchronous orbit. So one of which is the military's Tetra-1 microsatellite. Um, and we'll see kind of how, um, what, when the estimated time is for this. So again, I'll update you guys in one of our space news or space events episodes here on Space Talk when we have that date. Um, and maybe, who knows, maybe I'll be at the launch and can cover it live. I think that would be so exciting. A big goal of mine for this year is to start actually going to launches a lot more frequently. I used to chase rocket launches and just go live on social media. So for sure, I will have to do a live call-in episode uh, off here, here on Space Talk when um, we get to have some launches coming up. Then we have another one through SpaceX, which is a test orbital test flight for, st- for uh, Starship. Starship is the rocket that you might have seen stainless steel images of. It's like very... Jetsons-based looking rocket. I mean, the whole thing stainless steel. Uh, I can only imagine how heavy it is. And that's what's being developed right now in Boca Chica. There's already been quite a few like hop tests, uh, launch tests, but now this is going to be an orbital test flight. So it'll be the first one. <clears throat> so the goal for that is to travel around the Earth for one full orbit and then re-entering and splashing down um, near Hawaii. So that'll be pretty, pretty cool when that happens. Then March 18th, you have another Soyuz launch. This is uh, also launching out of Kazakhstan. So it'll be about 11.55 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Take note of Daylight Time. So we are now transitioning into Daylight Savings. Um, so we are moving ahead an hour. So now we are going from Eastern Standard Time to Eastern Daylight Time. A little bit of semantics, but also very important uh, for... Uh, maybe if you're converting time zones internationally, really helpful. So um, this is going to be a Russian government Soyuz rocket launching the crew to um, the International Space Station. So again, as I mentioned at the very beginning of today's episode, um, with you know everything that's happening right now uh, with, with Russia and the Ukraine, um, I really am guessing or estimating that there's probably going to be quite a few changes um potentially hopefully not hopefully this something will will really turn in a positive direction but regarding the space industry um and the international space station we might be seeing some changes soon uh but not again not nothing's definite moving into march 19th you have another launch of the electron rocket the one that i mentioned that is through rocket lab before so launching out of new zealand this is going to be launching its second mission from a brand new launch pad at the mid-atlantic regional spaceport at wallops island virginia so it's now um i guess yeah so now it's aiming to launch out of wallops island virginia as opposed to in launch complex 1a which is usually in new zealand uh, this is going to be a pretty uh, cool launch. I've never seen Electron launch before, so I've never been able to actually make it out to New Zealand before. But I think this would be uh, pretty cool to see. The, the reason for that is it's going to be carrying NASA's Cislunar Autonomous Positioning System Technology Operations and Navigation Experiment 
very, very long name. This is why uh, you might see a lot of acronyms for these missions. This mission is also called Capstone. And this is going to be a mission to the moon. The goal is to fly Capstone to the moon on Rocket Lab's Proton Space Tug, entering a unique halo-like lunar orbit to test deep space navigations and communications in the same exact orbit to be used by NASA's Gateway Mini Space Station. So big mission that can be aiding and getting people to the moon and continuing more experimentations and, and understandings of our natural satellite. The last launch for March is going to be a Falcon 9 shocker. <laughs> it's going to be for the Axiom Mission 1. Launch time is going to be at 2.46 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, launching out of Kennedy Space Center, Florida. And this is going to be launching a Crew Dragon spacecraft on its sixth flight with astronauts. So if you remember the first one, it was Bob Behnken and uh, Doug Hurley. This was the Demo 2 mission on Crew Dragon. We're already up to the sixth flight with astronauts. It's going to be a commercial mission managed by Axiom Space. And this is going to be, um, let's see, it's going to be for a 10-day mission to the International Space Station. And then the Crew Dragon will return to a space a splashdown, of course, in the sea. If you haven't seen the splashdowns before, uh, pretty cool. Giant, giant, giant uh, parachute that will usually carry the space capsule down. Um, and then there'll be a boat that'll go out and um, obtain the crew. So that is everything for launches that are happening in March. Um, as I mentioned, the to be determined dates for some of the launches, when those start to come out and I, and I see them and I get the notification for them, I will hop on here to give a quick note about that for whatever week it's going to be happening and to make sure in case you wanted to go and try and catch that launch, you will be able to, to go see it. So I really encourage you going and trying to catch whatever launch you can. Um, if you haven't seen one before, my favorite part about it is the rumble. It's like you physically feel the engines of this rocket, like the power of these rockets. Seeing it's really awesome, really epic. It looks like a sunrise. Um, hearing it, also really awesome. But the fact that you can like feel like the vibrations of the rocket is just I think absolutely crazy uh, and also really cool. So um, if you haven't seen one in person, I recommend it. Uh, I think it would be a pretty awesome thing. I'll let you all know if I end up um, being able to go to a launch and then of course I'll come on here and, and go live. But that is about, that's about it. If you guys have any questions, feel free to tap the call in button, join me and um, say hello, ask anything you'd like. But in the meantime, I'm going to hop on astronomy picture of the day. So if you want to join me and if you have a computer in front of you, go ahead and go to apod.nasa.gov. So when you first look at this image, it looks like as if there are two stars. One is blue, one is kind of reddish. And then you see two different diagrams that looks like it's probably explaining its spectrum. So you probably have temperature. You probably have elements that are present and looks like it probably has something to do with maybe the mass or luminosity. So let's go ahead and break it down. The title is Beautiful Albireo AB. This is Beta Cygni, which is a single star um, to our eyes. And it's about 420 light years away. 
and it's part of the Northern Cross during the summertime. The Northern Cross is an asterism. We've learned this term before. An asterism is a pattern within a constellation. And it's, in case you're wondering what constellation it's found in, it's in the constellation Cygnus. So again, very um, prominent uh, constellation you can catch during the summertime in the nor- Northern Hemisphere. It's typically directly above the observer, found in the zenith. The zenith is what's directly above our head, 90 degrees. And it says, if you view it through the eyepiece of a small telescope, it's going to transform into a beautiful double star. And it's a treasure of the night sky, blue and gold. Beta Cygni is also known as Albireo. Remember, as we mentioned last time, where stars get their names from, sometimes they have multiple names. If you remember what we spoke about yesterday, Beta Cygni would be now... Beta is, in the Greek alphabet, I believe the second brightest, or second, n- number two, of Cygni, which is the constellation. Let me double check Beta real quick. Um, yes, second letter of the Greek alphabet. So Alpha would be the brightest, Beta would be the second brightest. So if you look for the constellation, whichever one, whichever star looks like that it would be the second brightest star, that is Beta Cygni, but it also has another name, which goes by Albareo. And Albareo AB is to specifically describe that there are two bright stars that are part of what we see. So the reason it looks like it's just one star to us, pretty simple. We're way too far away to see that there's actually two stars that are orbiting each other. It's called a binary star system. The two stars are um, within this gravitational influence of each other. Um, they are orbiting most likely a Bari center. Bari center is a center of mass where they both are gravitationally bound. Um, think about if you're holding a hammer and if you want to hold the hammer on the tip of your finger with the handle, it's going to fall on one side. You have to more so move the hammer over so that the tip of your finger is actually closer to the head of the hammer. And that's because the mass is not distributed evenly from one side to the other. So you have to find what the center of mass is. It's not going to be what you would say is, you know, measurably in the center. If you took a ruler and said, okay, here's the halfway point, that must be the center. It's not when it comes to mass. So similarly, stars are also like this, especially if one is bigger than the other. Um, and one more kind of interesting thing is that actually most stars are binary star systems. It's really rare for a star to be alone, like our sun. Uh, So kind kind of a cool thing. Most of the stars that are out there, we notice are actually part of a couple, which is kind of kind of interesting to think about. This color difference uh, was an extra illustration um, that was added on by not only the image taken by the telescope, but also associated with their visible spectrum of starlight shown. So what that means is one of them is uh, showing a little bit different of different wavelengths. So that again, can be based on temperature differences that can be based on mass. It can be based on the elements that are present. um, And this can cause a change in their spectrum. And then it kind of just goes on to sort of basically talk about what I what I was just saying as far as the binary stars compared to our sun. Um, so that is what astronomy picture of the day is. If you guys wanted to check that out, um, really cool stuff. I think that stars can be quite mysterious, especially since what we see they look like fixed finite points, and 
after years of just human evolution and, and technology advancement, we've been able to figure out that these are moving bodies and they live and they die. Um, and speaking of that, I noticed that Kate is here in the chat. Hello, Kate. Um, I was checking out real quick the size of a supernova. I, I didn't actually end up finding my what I was hoping for to answer your question. So I'm going to look into it more and then actually get back to you for the size of what um, uh, Beetlejuice is, just how massive it's going to look. But we will explore that more in the future. I think it'd be really kind of cool to see, especially if you end up changing your tattoo. I think that would be really awesome. Um, just because I don't know if I've really ever seen uh, a supernova before um, in a tattoo. And it, it can be very beautifully done because supernovae are just so um, vibrant in different colors. Uh, and, and they can have so many different components to them that can be quite striking. So that would be um, pretty awesome if that happens. So with that being said, let's see if there's any other updates. One more update is um, the interview with a Corey Powell was now um we have it rescheduled to, instead of next Wednesday, it'll be next Friday, March 4th at 3 p.m. Central Time. So if you want to tune into that, um, you could just hop on here around that time. Then we have Dr. Charles Liu on March 9th at 3 p.m. Central Time. And um, after that, we've got a few more guests I'm, I'm working on scheduling right now. But one more exciting announcement is that uh, the call-in app is now available on Android. So if you know anyone who maybe has an Android device that wasn't able to tune in before because they couldn't download the app, that's super exciting now because we have it available. So if you wanted to do that, um, go ahead and let them know. Otherwise, um, that is about everything that I wanted to chat about today. Uh, once again, I'm going to do a quick um, music break to see if anyone wants to call in and say hello. So feel free to do that now. Let's hop back in. Just going to give you all one more um, opportunity. If you wanted to call in and say hi, feel free to do that now. Otherwise, um, I think one more thing I want to mention is Milky Way hunting um, or chasing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the Milky Way stretch overhead, you have a good time coming up soon. Um we are currently seeing the moon transition from last quarter into a new moon phase. The new moon phase is going to be on March 2nd. So give you all a heads up if you want to maybe plan a trip. I know it's it's winter time, so it's very cold in some areas. But if anyone's in California, I went to Joshua Tree to um, catch to see the Milky Way for the first time overhead. And it's absolutely astonishing. There are tons of places where you can see it um, really anywhere with like as minimal light pollution as possible, um, anywhere with a dark enough sky. 
And during a new moon is the ideal time to see the Milky Way. The reason for that is is pretty straightforward. It's because you don't have the light of the moon obstructing a lot of the dimmer stars that you would usually see in the Milky Way, um, hence creating sort of that long shape across the sky, which is one of the arms of the Milky Way. Um, and so right now is is probably a good time to start planning a camping trip if you wanted to do that. Typically, the Milky Way will start to rise later in the evening. You'll start to notice it sometime around, I would say, like, as early as like 11 p.m. But we, when I when I went with my friend, we like went to sleep at 8 p.m., set an alarm for about 1 a.m., and then went out and she imaged the night sky on like on on, on a long um, exposure camera for probably about like two to three hours, um, and it was just so incredible. You'll catch like meteors, you'll be able to see tons of different colors of stars. And it's truly, truly astonishing, especially if you choose an area where maybe you have a really nice horizon. So that's why I mentioned Joshua Tree, because the trees at Joshua Tree Desert National Forest are like, really, really cool looking. Um, And so to be able to sort of just see that and and being like laying on a huge rock and seeing the sky is just really beautiful. There's also quite a lot of people who tend to go out. So it does feel a bit safer as well because you're out with fellow stargazers. And so um, everyone's sort of, I would say in a way, kind of looking out for each other. Uh, Right now, the Milky Way is stretched across Gemini and Aruga the Aruga constellation, all the way up to Perseus. So you'll be able to see it within the same line of sight with Capella, which is that really, really bright star, as well as, let's see, we've got um, some of the brightest stars in Gemini, and this will be just north of Orion. So if you wanted to try and point out Orion, that'll be a pretty easy spot. And then also just lined up with Taurus. It'll be just about... I would say like northeast of the Pleiades. Um, I'm looking at a giant sky chart right now. So in case you're wondering, I'm not just kind of coming up with this in my head right now. I am looking at a sky chart, which by the way, I recommend doing. Uh, If you wanted to make a sky chart, um, Sky and Telescope has a like automated generate like your own sky chart thing. Um, Really helpful. Otherwise, um, downloading apps like Sky uh, Sky Guide or Sky Safari Plus. I recommend them all the time. Um, they're really helpful for being able to locate where exactly you want to look. And at the same time, within the Milky Way, there are some deep sky objects that are hidden, like M35 and M37. Um, so if you wanted to try and catch those objects, that'd be really cool. There's a couple of really brilliant open star clusters. Um, and let's see, that's, that's about everything that, um, I wanted to mention as far as the stargazing goes for this, this week. Um, we've got some more things I will come back to mention next week. So follow up for that. Um, I'm currently moving on Monday, so I'm going to probably postpone our, uh, space events to Tuesday, or maybe I'll do it maybe a little bit earlier, but most likely it'll be Tuesday. So um, I'll, we'll chat with you guys next week. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week and your weekend. And um, until next time, at Astra.